The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It is February 16th and we are back. We were not really off for a bit, but we double recorded like two weeks ago. So we, it's, Feels it's, been, like a long it's time. been a long time. Yeah, it does feel, even when I got on the computer today, I literally haven't been on the computer, this computer since then. So all the notes from the last episode and everything was still up. <laughs> when I was like, when I was setting up my microphone and everything I do, I was like, I don't even know how to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? How quickly we forget. <laughs> yeah, but we, we figured it out. Um, so we're just going to jump right in with what we had for breakfast. I know people <laughs> are dying to know. Um, I didn't have breakfast. I mean, I had some coffee. I can't believe we didn't have breakfast in preparation for talking about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, I had a Reese's peanut butter cup <laughs> like way too early in the morning. <laughs> At least you gave me some sugar and energy for the day. Yeah, I need it. <laughs> what about you? Have you had breakfast well, yet? Well, I actually had an appropriate breakfast to talk about, I guess. Oh. I had a Vegemite and cheese wrap. So I know you oh, I don't very know Australian. Guys, yeah. <laughs> very, yeah, very on, on brand for talking about on the podcast. But I don't know if all the Americans know what Vegemite is. And it absolutely sounds the most like the most revolting thing you could ever eat. But it's a thick, <laughs> black, <laughs> it looks very, very dark brown. It's actually called a yeast spread, which sounds disgusting. Worse. I know, but it's delicious it's a very Aussie thing like my kids take a Vegemite sandwich to school every single day if you spread it very thinly it's just very salty um like some people that have even have Vegemite toast with avocado it's basically just like a savory I don't even really know what if you guys have anything similar to liken it to I know the UK they have Marmite which is similar it's just this I don't know it's it's it sounds disgusting but if you ever get the chance you should try it it's delicious especially on toast with tons and tons of butter which is not healthy but it's delicious when you come for the wedding, you should bring mm. some so we could taste it. I actually heard an interview with Margot Robbie the other day, and she said that you can get Vegemite there, but I will bring really? some when I come. Yeah. I've never I don't seen know where. It. I don't know where, but um, yeah, I will. And you can even get it like in little travel tubes and <laughs> things like that. So even when I, when I went to, when we went to LA last year, we stayed at a hotel that a lot of Aussies stayed at. And one of their kind of features is they have Vegemite for breakfast. <laughs> So it's a very, very Aussie staple. The jars you buy are enormous. Like a jar will probably last us all year just because it's so, so big. Wow. Anyway, very good. That was my breakfast info for today. (laughs) And for those who are like, why are they talking about breakfast? It's a nice (laughs) shout out to people who follow us on Instagram because we posted sometimes when we get bad funny reviews we'll post them and was this on the review someone left her no no no, no, no this, this was a private message and they said yeah. something like let's chat be more like other podcasts and we're like like we've said it so many times and it's in the show notes if you don't want the chat every single week now we put skip to six minutes or wherever the chat ends and you can just go straight to the actual crime content if you want on spotify you can literally click it and it goes there automatically <laughs> we have so many people every week they're like i love the chat please don't get rid of it you know it's i know it's not for everyone i get it in some podcasts i skip through bits that i'm not really that interested in but that's literally what you could do you can skip through it yeah so 
someone messaged us and they're like, I don't need to hear what you had for breakfast. And I was like, bitch, I have never talked about what I had for breakfast on this podcast. <laughs> but now we have. <laughs> yeah, so shout out. Um, but yeah, so and someone was like, I don't need to hear about your wedding planning for 20 minutes. And I was like, it was definitely not 20 minutes, but okay. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, you know, I get some podcasts aren't for everyone. If it's not for you, just turn it off and move on. It's no one's forcing you to listen to this free content. You know, it's crazy. I know. I just couldn't imagine having the energy to be like, I'm gonna go send them a message and let them know how I really feel. <laughs> like, I'm too busy. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it makes some people feel more in <clears throat> more in control if things are hectic this is their way of you know i don't know yeah i don't understand it either i don't know sounds like they need more hobbies life's too short yeah if i don't like saying either just like turn it off or or even on podcasts i like if they're just like annoying me in that instance i just fast forward yeah exactly and (laughs) i don't know how we can make it any easier we literally can't like we're literally like go here if you don't want the chat but that's still not enough for some people yeah so just as a reminder if uh you made it this far and you're sick of hearing us talk you could literally just go to the episode notes if you're on spotify you can just click it and it'll go right there or you can just fast forward towards us yeah but anyways otherwise i've been playing a lot of hogwarts legacy (laughs) um a lot of people know are playing it. it yeah i keep hearing everyone talking about it it's so fun it's like my obsession i will be at work just waiting to go home and play (laughs) and i stay up way too late playing like it's just so fun i love it so much so if anyone else is playing let me know let me know what house you're in i'm a hufflepuff because i'm lame that's what i got (laughs) in the quiz and i just kept it but hufflepuffs are apparently known for just being nice and i am nice so (laughs) except to people who give bad reviews (laughs) yeah except except not to everyone but (laughs) We haven't spoken or we haven't spoken about the weather. I um, actually sent you something. I'm like, I can talk about this in the podcast. <laughs> and apparently there's a heat wave coming here. We're in the last few weeks of summer. Um, I just I saved a little snippet. It says, Sydney is meant to have its hottest day in more than 400 days on Saturday. The heat wave, which is expected to begin today, which is Friday here, and end at midway through next week. So it is actually very hot. I was tempted to record again in the dark, but I'm all right for now. <laughs> Even here, it's February, which is usually like the coldest. January and February are usually like the coldest parts of winter. And it was 65 degrees yesterday and like today, which is like how it would be in May, like springtime, basically. Mm. It's so weird. The weather is weird. Like, I'd, I don't know. I feel like maybe I haven't looked at the stats, but I feel like it is getting increasingly volatile. I know obviously global warming is a thing, but it's just, yeah, very noticeable these days. I just miss like seeing snow. It used to snow a lot when I was younger, I swear. (laughs) So one other just quick crime update that happened based on one of our previous cases that we covered. So last year, 2022, we did an episode on, I think it was like Mums Who Murder, and we just spoke about a woman called Ulyssa Thaler who shot her son Eli while he was still in the car seat. Um, today, she has been sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of her parole, which is not an unexpected up, uh, outcome, but I feel like it's probably definitely the right one. Mm-hmm. She shot Eli during a custody battle um, with her ex-partner. So um, I guess you can't really ask for much more justice than that, can you? That is the strictest punishment that she could have received, and it was the right one, I believe, in this case. Yeah, it's interesting too, though, because she was definitely like mentally unwell. Yeah. So I wonder if she'll get treatment as well. Yeah, and Eli was older though. Eli was six, so I feel like that's maybe why they haven't been 
at all lenient on her. Whereas if this was more of a, you know, brand new baby, postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis thing, maybe it would have been different. But yeah, yeah, Eli was older and she wasn't really doing anything to help herself, it seems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So today we are doing an episode on a new case that I feel like doesn't really have a ton of information, like enough information to do an episode on it. But for some reason, this case has gone like viral. People are totally obsessed with it. It's one of those ones that people are being crazy about on social media. A lot of chatter, a lot of gossip, a lot of of speculation. Yeah, Yeah. I really felt because this is a British case and I know we don't actually do very many British cases, but when it first happened, I thought it's interesting, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be solved or you know concluded very quickly but we're now at Mm -hmm. three weeks and it's still ongoing um now that I've said that it'll probably be solved tomorrow but yeah it's a very um I was talking to Stephanie about it this morning and I feel like it's there isn't a lot of info but there are some kind of mysterious things that have happened in this case which is why I feel like it's grabbed everyone's attention more so than just another missing persons case yeah and it's um the case of Nicola Bolli didn't say her name yet but I mean it's in the episode title so I'm assuming everyone knows but yeah it's very like um unsolved mysteries like something you'd see on there especially if it doesn't get solved anytime soon yeah it's an interesting one yeah I feel like a lot of people obviously people who follow us and are like involved in true crime online have heard about it like it hasn't been in the news at or anything at all here so it might be one not even a lot of people know about it's been in the news a lot here but i do feel like we get a lot of british news you're more like uk we're like the uk's UK's little sister so so i've had even a friend i go to the gym with she's like are you gonna do it you gotta do this case so i actually sent her my notes the other day for her to have a look at but um (laughs) yeah so it's getting I would say a you know a modest amount of attention. He, some people who follow true crime would know it here. All right, so we'll get into it. This is Nicola Bully leaving home on the day she vanished, setting off on the school run, putting her spaniel Willow in the boot. Her family today released these pictures to show exactly what she was wearing. For days, police have been searching for any trace of the mother of two young girls. Today was no different. What did seem very obvious was the large number of other people out too. This is the bench where Nikki's mobile phone was found a week last Friday. Uh, Today is dry, it's sunny, and the number of people out along here is extraordinary. There are dozens and dozens of people along this stretch, along the other stretches as well, all walking the riverside paths to try and assist in the search. I mean, I know if she went missing in the same way, I would want, I would be expecting people to go looking. Do you understand what I mean? I would really want there to be a search party. If it was myself or my eldest, who we both take the dogs out on our own, if it was one of us that was in that situation, I'd hope the community did the same thing for us as well. And I just feel like everybody should be doing their part. She disappeared without trace. Police believe she accidentally fell in the river wire. But it's the not knowing for sure which is keeping people looking. So like we were saying, she's probably been missing going on like three weeks right now. When this comes out, if she's still not found, it'll be like four-ish weeks. Um, If she is found or anything, by the time this comes out, we'll put in a clip at the end. Unless it's like crazy, we'll we'll add an update or something. All right. So Nicola is a 45-year-old woman from Lancashire in England. And her family said that her nickname is Nikki. 
Her parents are Ernest and Dot, and she has a sister named Louise. She was born in Essex, but moved to Lancashire around 25 years ago, and her partner is Paul Ansel. They met 12 years ago after Nicola's first marriage fell apart, and they have two daughters together, Harriet, age nine, and Sophia, Sophia age six. Nicola posted a lot on social media just weeks before she vanished. The family went on a vacation to Center Parks. She, I was just going to say, I don't know if you guys know what Center Parks is, but basically yeah. it's like a chain of kind of holiday parks in the UK where you go and they're geared towards families. They have like... Some of them have water parks. It's basically not a place where you would generally go as a couple. <laughs> you would mm. go there if you had kids and it's geared a lot towards kids, um, you know, noisy, lots of activities, those type of things. Kind of like, I don't know what you have, the is it the wolf water park things that you have there? What's it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Great Wolf Lodge. Yes, something like, yes, <laughs> yes, something like kind of along those lines. Yeah, and there's another one that starts with a K that I can't think of. Well, sounds like a fun trip for them. Yeah. <laughs> fun for the kids. <laughs> um, so she posted some pics of Elf on a Shelf antics from their holiday on December 4th, 2022. She posted those elves. They were squirting some ketchup and mayonnaise and they drew a Santa Claus. Very cute. Very creative. Just as um, one other thing, I've got some of those screenshots from her social media on the blog. But when I went on there yesterday just to have another look, everything's gone. So if you go to her Facebook now, pretty much everything's private or it's been removed. So if you want to have a look at some of the previous social media posts that I'm glad we got screenshots, they're on the blog. Mm -hmm. Always screenshot. We've learned all these years. <laughs> so she was working as a self-employed mortgage and protection advisor at the time that she disappeared. And the family also has a Springer Spaniel dog named Willow, which might seem like a random fact, but it does matter. <laughs> <laughs> So the day she disappeared was January 27, 2023, which was a Friday. And there's a pretty comprehensive timeline of her last confirmed movements that we'll go through. So she left home at 8.26 a.m. and she dropped the kids off at school. She had a chat with another parent for around 15 minutes. And at 8.43, she went for a walk on a path by River Wire. Why? Yeah, I um, have read too that she actually drove the kids to school and left the car there and went on the walk from there. So I feel like this is a small little village. If you go on Google Street View, you can really kind of get a feel of the area. But the routine was that she drove to the school, left the car there and then went for a walk around the area. Yeah. And there's some pictures of the river on the blog. Um, it really looks like a lame river, but I guess it could be. I saw people saying it's deceiving and it might have like a strong current but it doesn't look very deep or wide it's a really long river like I think it's 28 kilometers or something like that which is maybe it maybe it's 45 kilometers and 28 miles or something like that so it's very long but the bit that she walked across looks more like a stream like it's not very wide um, and I've, I've even seen some comments that say it was around two feet deep near where she was walking. But then I've also seen other comments that say for some reason it was deeper. But from the pictures where she was walking does not look treacherous at all. I know the river does get bigger and wider and it does eventually go out to the sea. But where the bits where she was doesn't look like that. Yeah. But again, we don't really know. We've never been there. So if anyone's like going to be mad and be like, no, that's a terrible <laughs> river. I'm just going off pictures. <laughs> There's a group member of ours, Samantha, and she gave me a lot of info for this. She had a lot of screenshots that have since been deleted and removed from the internet. And I said to her, is that really what the river is like? And she said, yes. So the river in that area is like that. I've put a video on the blog too if you want to go and check it out. It's not a raging river at that 
No, like there's no the rapids or anything. There's a dog in it in this one picture. There's mm. some cows grazing by it in another picture. Yeah, and it's very so, narrow. Like it looks like I would guess two meters wide, maybe maybe three meters. Like, and at some bits it's even narrower. So it's not a wide river that you know you could swim across. You could literally walk across it if it was shallow in thirty mm-hmm. seconds. Probably not even that. Yeah. So this was a regular route for her. She would walk it regularly, and on average, it would take her about 30 minutes to complete the loop and then return to her car, which her family says she parked in the same spot about a 1,000 times over through the years. Um, In November 2022, she made a social media post from the same spot. You could see the little river in the background, and she's wearing a winter hat and winter coat and smiling and says, very foggy, cold walk this morning not a day to forget your gloves bit spooky too set me up for the day though and willow had the best time it looks like a bit foggy you can't really see in the background like you can tell it would have been freezing cold it's yeah that's what she means by spooky if you want why she said it was spooky (laughs) yeah it's just foggy there's nothing really menacing about it (laughs) so that brings us to 8 50 a.m approximately and a dog walker who knows Nicola saw her walking around the lower field with her dog. Their two dogs interacted briefly before the witness left the field via the river path. So 8.53 a.m., Nicola sent an email to her boss, and at 9.01, she logged into a Teams call and she had her camera off and audio muted, which I don't... I've seen some people say they thought that was weird, but I don't think that's weird because sometimes in meetings, you just have to listen. Yeah, like... and. Yeah, maybe it was like an end-of-week wrap-up or something because it was a Friday and it's literally just, you know, if she had no input, why why else would you need to have, your, you know, your things on? Yeah. I don't think it's unusual. I know I always, even in a meeting like that, I always mute myself unless I really want to say something. Contribute. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at n- around 9, 10 a.m. now, another witness, somebody who knows her, saw her on the upper field walking Willow. At 9.30, the team's call ended, but Nicola stayed logged on. And then just five minutes later, approximately 9.35, Nicola's cell phone was found by another dog walker on a bench by the river. Willow was also nearby. The phone was still connected to the team's call, and Willow's leash and harness were nearby. So it seems like she might have let the dog off the leash. For a run around, yeah. He was running around a little. Um, Yeah, I've seen – I think I've read – I'm hoping I'm getting this right, but I think I read the leash was on the bench too and then the harness was on the too. ground. So, like, obviously maybe she was sitting on the bench, had a phone in the leash there, and she'd taken the harness off for the dog to have a run around and just let it on the ground. Yeah. So we read that the dog walker recognized Willow because I'm sure just all these people probably regularly walk their dogs around there, um, but they weren't sure who the owner was. So this person called her daughter who knew that the dog belonged to Nicola, and they called her partner Paul to let him know the situation and it seems like that was around 10 50 a.m so it seems like it's a very small town where like everyone kind of knows each other and their dogs yeah so Paul her husband he said I got a call from the school regarding somebody who had found Willow Nikki's phone and do- the dog lead and harness were on the bench we take the kids to school and take the dog down there either myself or Nikki nearly every day how are how are you coping it must be so difficult like you say your focus is is on the girls and it and it has to be but yeah. it, it must be so difficult i don't know how i'm coping i i, can't, I, I don't even want to actually think about that just focused just like i say it's just about the girls that's it i'm there for them um i, can't, I don't want to really elaborate on that i just 
but I would take my eye off that. It must be heartwarming to see the, the public response, hundreds of people trying to help. It's amazing. It's, uh, it is. Right now, it's the only thing that we can take is, you know, that level of support is out of this world. Um, it gives us a, a great amount of comfort. When no trace of Nicola could be found, the police started searching for her that day. It was confirmed quickly that Willow was dry when she was found, indicating that she hadn't gone into the river, the dog, and also that Nicola knew how to swim. So, yeah, some of the early theories was that maybe the dog had got in trouble and Nicola then got in trouble trying to rescue her. Like in, the dog had mm-hmm. fallen into the river, but it seems like that probably wasn't the case. Yeah, and I saw some people being like, oh, the dog could have just been dry by then, but it wasn't that long. The dog would have definitely still been wet. And it's the middle of winter there, so it would have been freezing cold. Yeah, not like um, a hot, sunny day. Yeah, like where it would have dried in 15 minutes. I, it would still have some signs of wet if it was had gone in the river. Yeah. Um, so her family have said that she was in good spirits at the time. She had recently secured a new client at work and was excited about that. She'd spoken to her sister the night before she disappeared about a spa visit they had coming up, and they discussed what treatments they were going to get. So the following day, on January 28th, Lancashire Const- Constable... Const- <laughs> Constabulary. You could just say Lancashire Police if you want. That's easier. It's just what they call the police force there. Constabulary. Lan- <laughs> Lancashire. Oh. Just say Police. <laughs> No, I'm going to say it. (laughs) Lancashire Constabulary started using drones, helicopters, and police search dogs to search for Nicola. A mountain search and rescue team as well as an underwater search team were also engaged. There was a seemingly abandoned house in the area that was also searched to no avail. I've also seen in terms of that house that the house wasn't actually abandoned, but the person who had lived there had just died recently, so no one was living there. So it Mm. essentially isn't abandoned. It's just empty at the moment. Vacant. Yep. On January 29th, local residents held a meeting at the Village Hall around 10.30 a.m. to organize some searches, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Over 100 people turned up to help, including Nicola's partner, Paul. Police urged volunteers to exercise caution, describing the river and its banks as extremely dangerous and saying that activity in these areas presented a genuine risk to the public. Volunteer searchers were told to move up river while professionals moved downstream. And again, there was no trace of her. I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's interesting that the police actually agreed to let all these volunteers search the actual river area. You'd yeah, especially that if they're that saying be, it was dangerous. And contaminating evidence if there was evidence. Like I feel like in most cases in the US especially, they're like, no, 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 leave it to us. Or And they would like some volunteers search another area just in case, like to clear an area rather than the actual um, Yeah, or like after likely. like oh, they search first and then. Yeah. On January 30th, Superintendent Sally Riley from Lancashire Constabulary <laughs> <laughs> said police were keeping a really open mind about what could have happened. They said at this point they were not treating her disappearance as suspicious and that there were no signs of foul play. The superintendent also said there was no evidence of any criminal activity or that Nicola has had been attacked. January 31st, police spoke to a witness who had also been walking his dog in the area at the time, and he's understood to have lived locally and been a regular on the route, but he had not seen Nicola on the day that she vanished. Um, Her family released a statement saying that they had been overwhelmed by the support in their community and that her daughters were desperate to have their mummy back home safe. On February 1st, her parents spoke to the media about the horrific situation. Her father said, we just dread to think we'll never see her again. If the worst came to the worst and she was never found, how will we deal with that for the rest of our lives? 
They said they had urged the police to reconsider whether Nicola may have been abducted or attacked, but were told that this was unlikely. Only for you, what's the last week been like as a, as a father? It's been very difficult. Um, as from last Friday morning to date, it's just been so painful. We're such a close-knit family. We talk to each other, all our, both our children, Louise and um, Nicola, and the children every day. There's not a day goes by without talking to them. And this has just emptied our lives at the minute. We just feel so empty. Um, you know, we appreciate everything that everyone's doing to find her. The police have been brilliant. The local community has been outstanding. And uh, it's just comforting from that point of view. But at the end of the day, we, we, just, we just want her back. On that point, you know, the community spirit has been unbelievable in a very small village. How, how much has that helped you, knowing that people have come from oh. far and wide to help look for your daughter? Massive. It's been massive. We've really appreciated it. And everyone that's been involved doing the sweep search of the fields, etc. It's just given us hope that someone might find something mm. that could give us that little clue to what might have happened. On February 2nd, the police spoke with a second witness who they had identified with the help of the public using CCTV, but they told police they didn't have any further information to aid their inquiry. Police kept searching the water in the area where Nicola's phone was found, and her family were interviewed on TV with her sister, appealing for anyone with information to come forward and get my sister back. On February 3rd, police confirmed that their main theory was that she had fallen into the water. Superintendent Riley said it was possible that an issue with her dog may have led her to the water's edge and urged the public to look out for her clothing. The following day, Nicola's sister made a post about that possibility. She urged the public to keep an open mind as there's no evidence whatsoever that Nicola went into the water. Police also appealed for a person who was seen pushing a buggy or a pram to come forward as they believe she may be a key witness. So on February 5th, that person came forward and police said that they were very much being treated as a witness and warned against totally unacceptable speculation and abuse on social media. I feel like because it's such a small town, everyone started to point fingers. Like, you know, yeah. if that person was known to be walking their baby, like maybe they went for a walk every morning, you know, like that's what they kind of mean. That's why this, they're saying this person is absolutely only a witness, nothing more. Private underwater forensics firm Specialist Group International offered their services free of charge after speaking to Nicholas' family, and the police agreed to draft them in to start the following week, February 5th. The SGI search started February 6th, Monday, and the chief of SGI, Peter Falding, told the mirror his high-tech sonar equipment would find Nicola in the water under an hour if she fell into the water by the bench, but nothing was found. Police gave another update on February 7th, and Superintendent Riley said river searchers were now spreading out towards the sea at Morecambe, but reiterated that police do not believe there was any foul play involved in the disappearance. She said despite over 500 pieces of information currently being reviewed, the investigators are yet to find anything conclusive. And that brings us to February 8th. SGI pulled out of the search for Nicola. They said they were 100% confident that she was not in the immediate stretch of water from the bench after trawling several miles over two days. Mr. Falding said the case is baffling, but was glad his team hadn't found a body as it meant that Nicola may still be alive somewhere. 
I get that there's probably some science behind, you know, how far they searched. They could probably look at the current of the river and how far she could have traveled in that time. But this is still 11 days or whatever after she went missing. I feel like several miles of a 30-mile river isn't really, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just seems weird that he's like 100% she's not in there. They didn't search the whole river and um, like, yeah, a long time after she went missing. It's interesting. I just don't understand this river because it looks so lame in the pictures in the area she was in but like it must be deep enough where they use sonar at least like if it's two feet deep they're not going to use sonar i don't think yeah i might see i might look it up and see if i can see how deep it gets while we're talking i saw a comment that said it was like i don't know if it was like 10 feet it says the usual range of the river is between 0.4 meters which is very that's like very short and 4.73 meters so 4.73 is deep i'll just get the conversion um hold on so 4.7 so 15 feet mm-hmm. so it's still not hundreds of feet deep like it's you know deep but i wouldn't say yeah. it's crazy deep anyway so it's between one foot and 15 foot essentially is how deep it is um the search for nicola continued on february 9th in the sea the police said there are currently no further press conference schedules uh, scheduled as things stand an article about a, quote, tatty red van in the area came out on that day as well. Um, this information comes from the Mirror and says, It has now emerged that a concerned resident spotted a suspicious-looking vehicle believed to be a Renault outside a barn in St. Michael's on January 27th. The witness contacted the police to report a suspicious red van parked in the village close to where Nicola went missing. The 55-year-old witness, who had not been named, told the Times that they saw the tatty red van in Hall Lane outside of the barn. Um, They said, I don't think, I didn't think anything at the time, but when I saw Nicola had gone missing, I called 101 and spoke to an operator. I contacted the police again on Friday and spoke to a police officer. It could have been a Renault van. The St. Michael's resident said the vehicle was sort of a van you could live in. A second witness who happens to work in search and rescue in the south of the country revealed to the sun that they had seen a red van which looked suspicious at 9.40 that morning. The man who requested not to be named said they called the police three days after Nicola went missing when they realized that the vehicle might be significant in their inquiries. He said they thanked me and asked if I had any dash cam footage and told me they were taking my information seriously. The Lancashire police have since come out, though, and said that there's nothing to suggest that the red van is suspicious. Along the same lines as the van sighting, locals also reported seeing two fishermen who were acting strangely who were acting strangely around the time Nicola vanished. A witness told police he saw two men acting suspiciously near the route that Nicola went walking on. He said they were trying to hide their faces. So many suspicious people in such a small little town. <laughs> I know. So it was very strange. It made me uneasy. I feel like it was just, like you said, small town and like everyone's like turning on each other now. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow, that person didn't face me. So maybe they're suspicious. Like maybe they could be very well be suspicious. We don't know. But it just seems like, yeah, there's a lot of maybe exaggeration of these kind of circumstances. And I feel like two yeah. people would rack their brains and like, wow, I've never seen that van before maybe it's unusual maybe i'll call the police it's just yeah yeah especially from like a distance you could take anything as being whatever you want in hindsight like there's people outside my apartment all the time looking at there's a river near me and i could easily like look out and just be like oh there's people looking at the river but then if i knew there was a crime i would 
would be like, oh, those people are out there. They they were kind of suspicious. <laughs> and we like we live on a very quiet road, and essentially no one comes down this road unless you live here because no one knows it's here. So anytime like I see a car, I don't realize. I'm like, mm, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so it's kind of along those lines. I'm sure people just are used to seeing the same people, the same cars every day. And when you see something a little bit different, they might they yeah. probably just reported it. Nicola went missing with her car keys and a water bottle. Neither have been found. Her partner, Paul, apparently asked Mercedes, like the car company, not a person, if her keys could be tracked because they were Mercedes keys. (laughs) A source from another article said, Paul's been clear about Nikki's keys being missing from the get-go. In the local searches, he specifically asked people to keep their eyes open for them and even organized for people to go out with metal detectors. One of the first things he did was contact Mercedes to see if they could be tracked. Paul said that Nicola would have had her keys in her coat pocket. He described them as a couple of Mercedes key rings on it, one black, one blue, a round wooden key ring with paw prints on it, and a couple of normal keys. Police have since said there is a gap in the timeline for this case that they can't fill in. Substantial CCTV in the surrounding areas has ruled out that Nicola left the park via via a majority of the gates. The path leading to Garstang Lane, however, has proven to be a black spot. Police said, We can say with confidence that by reviewing CCTV, Nicola has not left the field during the key times via Rowan Water, either through the site itself or via the piece of land at the site. So basically, they had video of all the entrances, exits, except one. Yeah. Um, They said, also, we can say that she did not return from the fields along allotment lane or via the path at the rear of the Grapes Pub onto Garstang Road. So Nicola was last seen by a witness at 910 and her phone was found at 935. The team's call ended at 920. And we're wondering, did she talk on the team's call at all? Did she say goodbye or had she already vanished by the time the call ended? Like something happened while the call was going on. It could have even been a call, say, like I, I, I haven't seen any information about the team's call, but it could have been a, maybe a call with like 100 people where you, mm-hmm. literally she wasn't expected to say goodbye. Like if it was five people, you'd be like, okay, yeah, thanks, see ya. But, um, you know, I, like, I've read some articles that say there was a 10-minute window that's not accounted for, but essentially if she didn't talk or show herself on the video at all, it could be a 25-minute call because if she was seen at 9.10, the phone was at 9.35, that's the biggest window. But if she did say goodbye at 9.20, then the window is a little bit shorter. Yeah, I feel like she probably didn't. I also think she didn't because I think people would have come out and said she seemed fine on the call and, you know, there's been yeah. nothing like that. It's just literally she Seems like a, a call, call where she didn't talk. Yeah. Um, by mid-February, police said they had opened 500 lines of inquiry in the case and were looking to talk to more than 700 drivers seen in the local area. So that is essentially kind of it in terms of the search for Nicola. The search is still ongoing. It's, I guess, been scaled back a little bit. Um, you know, that they're kind of the main points and the main few day, first few days of the search. So we'll get now into some theories and kind of discussion about the case because there is a lot of discussion in this one. Yeah. One possibility that has been brought up online is that someone may have been following Nicola and may have abducted her. Um, We know that her family have said she parked the car a thousand times in the same spot and that she essentially did the same walk 
almost daily. Up until the end of last year, Nicola was really active on a lot of social media. She had a Strava account, which we've spoken about as well in the Mariah Wilson and Colin Strickland case, which is basically like an app where you can track your runs, your rides, your walks. Um, People can look at kind of the route that you've taken. She used to track all her walks on that and she actually posted a ton of photos of her at this river with the dog, a lot of the photos. Um, like I feel like if you followed her, you would probably get an idea of her general exercise routine, where she generally went. Um, so that's kind of one of the theories is that maybe someone knew she was going to be there and was waiting for her. She was, she did have three Strava accounts for some reason. She was very active on them up until November, 2022, when she suddenly stopped posting, And I wonder why that is. Did she feel a little bit uneasy? Um, The same seems to have been kind of for her Facebook page. She she has two Facebook pages, one for her mortgage business and one for her personal use. On the personal one, she posted a lot up until last year when she hardly posted at all. But one of her friends has said that's when she turned everything private. You know, it could just be a coincidence. Maybe she decided her kids are getting older and, you know, she wanted privacy. But I just wonder if... It seems like everything kind of stopped around the same time, but I now have another theory about why that may have also happened, so we'll get into that too. But it's interesting that they all seem to kind of cease at the same time. Yeah. There's been a lot of chat that there was one guy who followed all three Strava accounts and apparently that's the only one who did follow all three, so you know, people are pointing fingers at him. I know a lot of people think it could be an abduction, but I just feel like it seems like there's so many people regularly in that area that basically saw her in like 10-minute intervals before she was abducted. Yeah, that such a short like window. Was, yeah, if she was abducted, wouldn't someone have heard or seen her? And the person who abducted her would have had to drag, drag her off her. somewhere to the car because it was just like a field with a river. It, yeah, it doesn't look like there's a roadway, for example, nearby. Like he couldn't drive up and literally shove her into the car without being seen. Yeah. You would think, like, yeah, I agree. I feel like it's a very short window for someone to be able to abduct a grown woman without probably the use of a vehicle until, you know, a, a little bit away. Yeah, because it was like someone saw her at 9.10 and then someone saw, found her phone at 9.35. So those people would have had been walking around in this seemingly pretty open field and been in the area. And I'm pretty sure she was still walking at 9.10 as well. So that tells me she was, you know, and then the, the call ended at 9.20. So it tells me that probably in that 10 minutes is where she sat down and maybe, the, you know, something happened to her just before the team's call ended, which is why she never disconnected from it. Yeah. Um, so on Nicola's mortgage Facebook profile, like I don't, I don't really want to get into gossip, but this is kind of an interesting side story. There is a man on there who has liked every single photo of herself that she posted. She posted a bunch of mortgage, you know, information. He didn't like those. He only liked the photos that she posted of herself. We won't put his name out. We'll just call him T, the initial T. If you go on her Facebook, unless they've taken it down now since yesterday when they went through and kind of cleared everything, all his stuff was still on there. There's people questioning him on there. But just kind of as an interesting side note, a man with the same name as this guy had a fiance in 2001 who went missing in Essex, which is where Nicola was originally from. That fiance was also named Nicola. Her name was Nicola Ray. This info is from the Echo News. It says, Nicola, a mum of two, disappeared without a trace following a night out with friends in the early hours of May 2nd, 2000. And it talks about how her case had become one of the most well-known and saddest unsolved cases. So as of today, 2023, she's still missing, I believe. Mm. Um, She went missing in, sorry, she went missing in 2000, not 2001. But in 2010, 
this Nicola Ray's partner was arrested and charged with Nicola's murder, but police did end up releasing him without charge in November. So could be a coincidence. Like these these two T's have the exact same name. They were one was from the area where Nicola dis- this Nicola disappeared from and where the first Nicola, I know it's so many Nicolas, but <laughs> basically there's connections between all of them um, if it turns out to be the same T. And interestingly, this T also made a post about Nicola Bully being missing on February 4, and he wrote that she would be sadly missed, which is interesting for someone who is still missing. Um, yeah. So this is all public record. It's all documented. He just, like the post is about the search and it just says, it's some of it's cut off. It says, Nicola Bully will be sadly missed by all those who knew her and those fortunate enough to meet her. So it seems unusual. Um, so that's kind of another along the lines of abduction that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's just there's so much chatter about this guy. I thought I'd just pop it in generally. I, I feel like it probably won't. Nothing will come of that, but I just thought I'd pop it in so people aren't like, why didn't you talk about this? It's definitely weird, but I still just feel like it'd be a hard abduction to pull off. Yeah, I agree. Um, so right before we recorded, police gave an update on the case and they gave some more insight about why they still thought Nicola had gone into the river. They actually reiterated that they still believed that she was in the water. They said they classed her as high risk and that she had some vulnerabilities. So I'll read out their press release that ha- happened yesterday. It said, today we held a live press conference to provide some updates in relation to our search for missing mum Nicola Bully. We described how Nicola had some vulnerabilities at the time she went missing and we just wanted to expand on that a little. It's really unusual for us to go into this level of detail about someone's private life, but we felt it was important to clarify what we meant when we talked about vulnerabilities to avoid any further speculation or misinterpretation. Sadly, it is clear from speaking to Paul and the family that Nicola had in the past suffered from some significant issues with alcohol, which were brought on by her ongoing struggles with menopause and that these struggles had resurfaced over recent months. This caused some real challenges for Paul and the family. As a result of those issues, a response car staffed by both police and health professionals attended a report of concerns for Nicola, concerns for welfare at Nicola's home on January 10. So that's 17 days before she went missing. No one has been arrested in relation to this incident, but it is being investigated. So I have done two kind of polls on Instagram. Before this update, I asked people what they thought had happened to Nicola, and I would say 95% of them said they believe she'd been abducted or murdered um and I asked people if they thought this kind of update about Nicola's maybe mental health and vulnerabilities changed their mind some people have said yes a lot of people have said no this is victim blaming um someone said how could she be in the water wouldn't she resurface and then someone said now I feel the husband is framing her so Kind of along those lines, there has been a lot of speculation placed on Paul. No one has been named as a suspect in this case, but we've spoken many times about how, you know, it's always the husband and it's a general um, investigation into the husband in every single case. I feel like that happens and the husband is either ruled in or ruled out very quickly. He's usually, I would assume, the first person looked at. So right after this update from the police where they spoke about her, you know, alcohol issues and things like that, Nicola's partner, Paul, on Facebook changed his name to Sam Beckett. If you're not sure who Sam Beckett is, he's a character from the show Quantum Leap. This is a bit of synopsis about it. It says, did Sam Beckett ever make it home? Although Sam wanted to go home, he instead chose to return and inform Beth that Al was still alive. The final caption of the show tells the audience that in the end, Sam never returned home. So it's like a weird, like, why would he pick that name? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's just very mysterious like people have been absolutely pointing the finger at him if you google Paul Ansel which his name is out there in relation to the case he's done a lot of interviews but there's also a lot of 
criticism and speculation. Um, for example, when he was asked what Nicola was wearing, he knew the brand of every single thing she was wearing. He was like, her gumboots are from Next, which is a store over there. Like People are like, what husband knows that? What husband would know the brand of all the clothing labels that she was wearing? Like It seems like it was almost prepared is what people are insinuating. Eh. Um, I don't know. Like... I feel like this is like the the one case where like I really don't think he's involved probably. Yeah, there's like there's also you know again I'm not getting into gossip. This will be the last gossipy thing that I want to mention, but there was a GoFundMe that one of Nicola's friends um put on for Nicola for the case and it was I can't remember the exact figures, but let's just say it started at 100,000 pounds, then she reduced it to 50,000 pounds, then it was 5,000 pounds and then she took it down totally because of all the backlash that she got. Um, like, and people have speculated that, you know, she's involved. It's just in every single case, even when we talk about, you know, the Moscow murders, it's always the people who are close that are going to be looked at. Um, we have no reason to believe it's Paul police have said that he was working at home at the time. I believe that she disappeared. So I'm sure they've looked into that. Um, but it's just out there kind of as one of the theories. And until she's found, I guess it will remain one of the theories. I just feel like it'd be easy for them to tell if he was there or at home or where he was with all yeah. Like, we learned so much from the Moscow case with how well they can track stuff, like your phone, like a track of the car. They had cameras at every entrance there except one, and I doubt that Paul would have known that this one, like, didn't have camera activity on it. I just feel like they would have been able to easily prove if he was there or not. And I I don't know. I think him knowing the where her clothes are from isn't, like that weird like maybe he bought them for her maybe he just knows where maybe he like, was I feel with like her Mike when would she know where them. I got some of my clothes <laughs> yeah and like you know she was wearing a winter coat like I feel like most people don't have a lot of winter coats it's not like she was wearing a t-shirt that she had 20 t-shirts she probably had a couple of winter coats if that it's like yeah it's 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 unusual but I don't think it's a sign of guilt necessarily yeah I don't I don't know. This is just one of those cases where people are just like behaving unhinged online. And I do feel too that after this kind of announcement about her her having health issues and her having addiction issues, maybe people have turned even more so on Paul because like maybe he wanted to get rid of her or maybe she didn't actually have these issues at all. Maybe he's telling the police that in kind of an effort to cover up whatever has happened. It just seems like a lot of jumping to conclusions. It's yeah. like it's like it makes me feel embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> the thing too is that the police have been so scrutinized scrutinized in this case for maybe not being as efficient and doing the right thing. Um, they've got a lot of backlash today as well over that statement about her vulnerabilities and her health issues. Yeah, There's I saw that too. A lot of talk about them now being victim blaming. There's been a former police officer who actually spoke to the media and said that now Nicola's reputation has been destroyed. He said, "You can understand why some people are saying it's victim blaming to protect their own reputation." I can't can't see how it progresses the case any further now we're three weeks in. So following this kind of backlash, which has just happened today, the Lancashire police have referred themselves to the police watchdog. Um, women campaigners have said that police have been trying to hide their incompetence and ex-detective has called it astounding. So like, I, I feel like they did it. I, 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 I'm not saying it's right why they released the information, but I understand why they did it because people are like, why aren't you investigating all these other theories? But they're, I feel like they made the point badly, but their point is she had a lot of things going on, um, whether or not they're insinuating that she fell into the river maybe while she was intoxicated or if she took her own life. That's another theory I guess that could eventually be what actually happened. But it was just kind of an explanation as to why they are focusing on the river. 
Yeah, because people are being monsters online about it and being crazy. It's like the same with Moscow again. Like people were just like shitting on the police constantly being like, they're dumb. They don't know anything. But really, they just can't say. And then when the info came out, they're like, wow, applause to the police. Amazing. Great job. (laughs) And it turns out that- Y'all were roasted them two weeks ago. It turns out that the police knew they pretty much- very soon after the murders that they knew exactly what was going on. They just had to get all their ducks in a row. Yeah. And it's not saying like police are always right and they always know what's going on, but like most of the time, like they're on the right track. And I feel like too, in a lot of missing person cases, police will say something similar, probably just not with as more detail. Like that's why even in the US there's silver alerts because that's like, there was one today that I've posted on the Instagram for someone who I think was 36. And they're like, why is that a silver alert? And I said, sometimes silver alert are for vulnerable people. And vulnerable generally means like a mental health, a health issue, something going on where they aren't able to essentially care for themselves yeah like I wasn't offended by the statement they put out I feel like I've seen statements similar before and I feel like it's also because at this point they're probably assuming she's most likely dead yeah not to be like the bearer of bad news but I feel like that's the assumption where it's kind of like they just need to find her at this point and that information might like help somehow yeah but I I think it's just another thing of like people People just, like, want to get mad at things. Like, people are already mad about this case. They're saying the police are doing a shitty job. They're not releasing any info. Now they did release info. And some people just like to be angry online. And I feel like, too, you just say, for example, if they had made the statement slightly different and they just said, look, we think she's highly vulnerable and left it at that, people would be like, why? Why? What? What's going on? Like, why aren't you giving us more information about that? It's one of those things where, yes, it isn't – it's her medical history, which, and I guess, you know, personal history, which probably shouldn't have been released. But I also feel like either whatever they said, no one was going to be happy with her. They probably could have just left it out like she had mental health struggles. Um, so I guess the other, so the theories that I've spoken about is abduction or, you know, that she was followed maybe based on what she posted on social media. The husband could be, we don't know. I guess the other theory is that something happened to her based on her own. Um, hand. So either she ran off, she could still be alive, she could be hiding somewhere, um, suicide, or maybe she had an accident. Maybe she was, if she did have this alcohol issue that they were talking about, maybe she somehow fell into the river and hit her head on a rock. Like that would explain even why she could swim, why she didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I don't, I don't really want to say really, because I don't actually have a strong feeling on this one. I do feel she's in the water. I feel like she will eventually be found somehow Um in the water. And it's interesting too that since they've come out and said the stuff about the alcohol and the health issues, the SGI team have said, well, if we were, if that would have changed our search if we had have known that. The guys who Why? said that they were 100% <laughs> sure. I don't know. Like, it's, they're like, I don't know. It's, I just, I feel like that, I don't, I, I don't think she's run off. I feel like she's probably in the water somewhere from either an accident or suicide. My instinct is accident. I th- yeah yeah I think so too like it seems like something happened where like she was on the phone listening and the dog was running around and then something happened quickly where she just got up left her phone there the dog was off the leash and it just seems like she just like got up quickly yeah like there has I feel like there has to be a reason otherwise why don't she just put the phone in the pocket for example like I feel like she really thought that she'd just a quick you know, get the dog or whatever, the, whatever we don't obviously know, whatever happened. It was just a quick just split second decision. Yeah. Like the only way I'm not bringing my phone with me because I'm just paranoid of like people stealing is like if it's something really quick where I'm like, oh my God, like maybe the dog was getting too close to the ledge or the dog was in close to the water and she like got up to get the dog away 
or maybe there was like another dog or I don't know. But like something could have happened where she just somehow happened to fall in the river. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like the most likely outcome is that she will be found in the river, but also I wouldn't be surprised if it does end up being one of these other kind of scenarios that we've spoken about. I'd actually be, I'd be shocked if it was like an abduction or murder. I'd gasp. Yeah, that just seems like too. There are a lot of shady people, but it's the same with. I know we keep talking about Moscow, but that was probably the most comprehensive one that we've spoken about lately. But in every case, there are shady people who insert themselves. Like even on the blog today, I did a blog on this case, and I just saw there's a comment from a man saying, "But no crimes happened here." <laughs> and I'm like, "But I haven't replied yet." But you know, we it's don't a know missing person, and we don't know. It could be a crime. We have no idea. Yeah, but even like just whether it is or not, like missing people are always just like true crime. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, someone makes a comment like that and then people run with it. They're like, is he deflecting? Like that's that's what's happening in this case. There's a lot of online speculation based on some shady things that people have said, people inserting themselves in the case. It's made it – I can't even imagine how these police are navigating this because it's very, very messy. Yeah, and it's even like with Moscow, people might not – be shady but then people perceive them as being shady in hindsight like when the girls for moscow were at the food truck and then one guy after they walked off walked literally just in the same direction as them and then it was off camera but all he did was walk in the same direction down the sidewalk and people were like oh, he followed them but he could have literally just like turned left off camera and yeah not maybe maybe that was in the, the same direction, direction to his house yeah yeah So just to kind of wrap up, I did find an interesting article where they asked Metropolitan Police Detective Chief Inspector Peter Kirkham some questions about the case, and I thought that they were interesting because I feel like a lot of us have the same questions. So I'll read through a few of them, but I'll put the whole thing up on the blog if you want to read every question and answer, but some of them are ridiculous, like did they check CCTV? And you'd be like, well, yeah, you'd hope so. So (laughs) these are kind of the most interesting ones. If Nicola did end up in the river, where and when would she surface and when would it be likely that she would be spotted? So he said detectives will have taken expert evidence from academics and others who spend their lives studying the movement of water and its impact on items such as the body which are in it. This is a hugely complex area and there are many unknown and unknowable factors in play. As a result, the information given to officers will not be particularly reliable or precise. In most cases, a body will emerge in about five to ten days, but the margin for error is large. So we now know it's been a lot longer than five to ten days. But in terms of things like maybe if she's in the river, she could have been stuck under a log um you know there's a whole well, even bunch with like naya rivera right? yes she it was just a lake everyone knew she was in the lake but it took them a long time to find her just because the lake was like really murky had like literal trees in it and it was hard to navigate yeah so and I, like i know there was a missing person here called logan he was missing from he went to be fair he went missing in the ocean which is different because i know the ocean currents are a lot stronger and all that but it, it took them months to find him months and months and months like and sometimes people are never found. It's, if she somehow made it to the ocean, it could take a very long time for her to be found. Even Jelani Day, yeah. wasn't he a couple weeks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, even it, like we've just recently spoke about Bryce Borker. If he went into the water, that was October. He still hasn't been found. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it, like I get it. The margin for error is huge. They can do all their mapping and analysis, but essentially if there was one variable, that could ma- change everything. Yeah. Um, this is kind of interesting. It says, what does the location at which the dog was found tell us about when Nicola disappeared? And he said, as we know, from many stories of loyal dog owners, loyal dogs staying with their owners when they have fallen ill or died, as a general rule, they won't go far. They will wait near the point where they last saw their owner. 
experts in canine behaviour will be able to give an estimate of how reliable this information is. And then it says, I expect officers will conclude that Nicola disappeared near the bench where Willow was found and Willow simply didn't see where she went, which is why she stayed in that spot. So you would think that if she was abducted, like we were mentioning, Willow would have barked and followed. and Followed, yeah, I was just thinking that. Um, so that does kind of indicate that maybe Willow wasn't looking if Nicola fell into the water and didn't see what happened. Um I feel like if it was an accident, she must have hit her head and become unconscious because otherwise surely she would have been screaming and yelling for help. If she, but she could swim as well. So I feel like she must have been knocked unconscious somehow if she did accidentally go into the water. Yeah. Um, the other one is could Nicola simply have walked out of the riverside around the bench by herself? Could Police have said there are only three paths covered by CCTV, but how good is that footage? Could she have slipped out unseen? And then the, he said the fact that Willow was there suggests it is reasonable to con- to conclude she didn't leave the area, but how reliable is the actual evidence? So in that, I'm assuming he means how reliable is the actual CCTV? Does it cover absolutely every entry and exit point? Um, you know, she could. That's like, a good point. Where like, if she the dog wasn't on a leash, like the dog would have just followed her if she walked out and left, or if someone came and abducted her, the dog probably would have followed to an extent, or like the abductor murderer would have like put the dog back on the leash so he couldn't tie it or, up or yeah. killed the dog or taken the dog yeah. like just that the dog was in the same spot where everything was found i do feel like that is a very good point it indicates that maybe he didn't she didn't know where nicola had gone you know um yeah, yeah. it's interesting so at the time of recording which is february 16th nicola is still missing Paul has said, Nikki would never give up on us ever. She wouldn't give up on anybody. We're not going to ever give up on her. We're going to find her. He said, there has to be a way to find out what happened. There has to be. You cannot walk your dog down a river and just vanish into thin air. Something happened that day, something. And it also gives more proof that it probably wasn't Paul because the dog would know Paul and and definitely want to follow him if he was the one to do something to her. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. And he could have just taken, like, I feel like if it was Paul, it's a very convoluted way to go about this, you know. Yeah. There could have surely been an easier way. And, it like, if, especially if there was that 10-minute interval and that was it. Yeah. The family have made a statement about the alcohol statement that police released. They said, or know that we know Nikki would not have wanted this. There are people out there threatening to sell stories about her. This is appalling and needs to stop. And they believed that the speculation has now led to the kind of investigation becoming distracted from finding her and is just now about speculation and rumours into her private life. Yeah. So they have also, the family also now have released some more information about the health struggles that she was facing. It says, due to the perimenopause, Nikki suffered with significant side effects such as brain fog, restless sleep, and she was taking hormone replacement therapy to help. But This was giving her intense headaches. The headaches caused Nikki to stop taking it, thinking this may have helped her, but only ended up causing this crisis. The public focus has to be on finding her and not making up wild theories about her personal life. It's nice that they released like a little more background because I don't think that's like ruining her reputation if she is still out there. Like I feel like, I feel that's like people probably would be, a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, like would be sympathetic and empathetic towards her situation. You know, it sounds like she felt out of control in terms of her health and her hormones I guess essentially too so I feel like it's not it's not like she was violent or you know did anything wrong she was just struggling yeah Mm. I think people just need to stop being so crazed online and Mm. like acting like they're gonna solve the case and that's coming from 
me, who is here on a true crime <laughs> podcast, we have like a group about it. But I've said this before. We're not acting like unhinged maniacs, just like it's- putting out rumors and just like harassing people. There's just like it's it's not even like that fine of a line. Like you, it's one thing to talk about the case and talk about the facts and maybe talk about some of your thoughts. But then there's people who are just posting like crazy, crazy things, like harassing the family, like being awful. The superintendent also made one other statement just to finish with, and she said that the police have been inundated with false information, accusation of rumors. She said in her 29 years of police work, she has not seen anything like it. So I don't know, like this case just has really seemed to, I don't know, explode. They're like rabid, these people. They're yeah. like literally just rabid. Yeah. And I think because the husband has been quite vocal, like he's done a lot of interviews, you know, a lot of media sessions and things like that. He's kind of put himself out there for scrutiny. Um, and that's what people are doing, which, you know, right or wrong, I guess will be revealed as if she's ever found. So yeah, if there's an update by the time this episode comes out, I'll put in a clip here. Sadly, we are now, now able to confirm that yesterday we recovered Nicola Bully from the River Wire. Nicola's family have been informed and are, of course, devastated. Our thoughts are with them at this time, as well as with all her loved ones and the wider community. Nicola's family have asked that we release the following statement on their behalf as follows. Our family liaison officers have had to confirm our worst fears today. We will never be able to comprehend what Nikki had gone through in her last moments, and that will never leave us. We will never forget Nikki. How could we? She was the centre of our world. She was the one who made our lives so special, and nothing will cast a shadow over that. Our girls will get the support they need from the people who love them the most. And it saddens us to think that one day we will have to explain to them that the press and members of the public accuse their dad of wrongdoing, misquoted and vilified friends and family. This is absolutely appalling. They have to be held accountable. This cannot happen to another family. We tried last night to take in what we have been told in the day, only to have Sky News and ITV making contact with us directly when we expressly asked for privacy. It is shameful they have acted in this way. Leave us alone now. Finally, Nikki, you are no longer a missing person. You have been found. We can let you rest now. We love you, always have and always will. We will take it from here. If not, then all this still stands. Maybe there'll be a couple more updates between now and when this comes out. Like, well, small stuff we'll post on our Instagram. So follow us there. Um, Our Instagram is True Crime Society. We're always posting updates there and we'll keep the blog updated as well at truecrimesocietyblog.com. One thing too, just to add quickly before you finish off, I feel like this episode was a little bit different because we did talk about some more rumors. Um, We tried to do it in a way that kind of addressed what was being said, but didn't put people on blast. And um, it's just out there. Like if you Google 
this is what comes up when you talk about her. And we included the rumours that are kind of the most um, talked about. There's a bunch of others that we didn't include. So if you really want to go down the rabbit hole and have a look, you can. But um, I just wanted to address that because I know we try and stay away from you know, rumour mongering and scaremongering and things like that. But that's why we have addressed some of it in this episode. Yeah, like I feel like it's fine to talk about it. And it's always hard for me to describe or try to make the point I'm trying to make. But some people online are just so toxic with this stuff. Yeah. And like see it as more entertainment. entertainment. And like it's a reality TV show. Whereas like I feel like you and I mostly try to talk about the facts. And tell the and it's story. Because it's like it's something that we're like interested in and we're trying to talk to other people who are interested in it where it's not like a gossip reality TV sesh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people know what I mean. It's just like hard to explain my thoughts on this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I Yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But anyways, that's it. I already said the Instagram, the blog. You can follow our personal accounts. Mine is StephSum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia. Uh, you can check out our sponsors in the episode description. It's a big help to us when you guys check out our sponsors. Um, share the podcast, subscribe, review. All those things are a big help as well. Share in your Instagram stories. And that's it. Um, stay safe out there, everyone. And thanks for listening. Peace out. See ya.